It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Hey everyone, I'm Molly Mandelberg with Wild Hearts Rise Up, and thank you for watching or listening wherever you're receiving this from. I wrote a blog post about this recently, but I wanted to touch on it in an episode because it's come up in conversation a lot lately, which is how and when to hire an assistant. So hiring an assistant is an awesome step to take in your business. It's basically the moment where you get to start actually doing more of the stuff you love and less of the stuff that you hate doing. Um, in Gay Hendricks' book, uh, The Big Leap, he talks about the difference between your genius, your expertise, and then other things that you have to do, which you may or may not be necessarily any good at. Um, the beauty of hiring an assistant is more of your energy gets to be spent on things you're actually passionate about. For me, that's creating content, developing programs, working with my clients. Um, for you, that might just be doing more of your work and less of your admin or less of your marketing or less of your technology, whatever the case may be. Um, so I wanted to just give you some insights. First off, how do you know that it's time to hire an assistant? So if you're making enough money to do it, I'd say do it as soon as possible. Also, if you could be doing more of the things that bring in more money, for example, if you could be spending more hours a week working with a client or more clients because of the things that you've handed off and delegated to an assistant, then that would be a sign that it's a good time to do it. If you're not that busy and you're still sort of getting off the ground, right now is a time to systemize your processes. So I um, really preach about making something called an SOP folder, which is a system of operations folder. And that's where you start actually recording, either writing down the steps or actually turning on Zoom by yourself like I have on right now and pressing record and sharing your screen as you do some admin tasks, whether that's plugging an email into your system or whether that's posting on Facebook or scheduling posts onto social media. Um, just start tracking how you do things, how you like them done for your business and start making this sort of um, operations folder that you can eventually share access to um, your assistant and they'll be able to know exactly how you like things done. So you can begin training your virtual assistant or your in-person assistant um, long before you actually feel ready to hire them. So even if you don't feel like now's the time to spend the money or put it out there, I would highly recommend you start systemizing your processes um, as soon as possible so that you feel more ready to hire that person. That's also gonna start giving you the distinction between what you enjoy doing and what you're tired of doing. Like for me, for a while, doing the production end of my podcast was really fun for me. I really enjoyed putting the audio file together, making the description really yummy, putting the image together, and then publishing that all and scheduling it out because I wanted to make sure that I know, knew how to do it right, how I wanted it done, and how to make it go out there in like the format formula um, that was up to my standards. Then I started recording myself doing it and putting that into my SOP file and then having my virtual assistant do it eventually. Um, I'll also, near the beginning of this episode, uh, mention that I've gone through a number of virtual assistants from people in the Philippines who um, were not na native English speakers, but 
pretty good, high efficient workers. I've also had um, American virtual assistants who are awesome. Um, something I've found was that there's not necessarily a good fit um, all the time, of course. Not everybody you hire is going to be someone that you want to have on the team forever. And some people, even though you really love them, they're either not necessarily the right person for the job or they're too busy to handle it. Some of the virtual assistants I had were awesome, but they had so many clients on their plate that I felt like um, their mind wasn't actually doing like focused on my business as much as I would like it to be. Um, whereas others just didn't have the capacity, those didn't have the capacity, other ones didn't have the desire to dig deeper. So what I was really looking for, and I'll talk more about this a little bit later, is somebody that could actually like think with me, be a brain for my business, actually understand the marketing practices I was putting into place and give me input and feedback and also keep me on track with my production schedules as far as content creation and keeping up with YouTube and podcasts and all the other places that I'm putting content out. Um, so Tim Ferriss wrote the four hour work week, which I think is sort of a beacon in the world of virtual assistants. It's something that people think about and talk about quite a lot. Um, and the idea is that you could work as little as four hours a week and still have a successful business if you're willing to delegate effectively. So if you're willing to actually put people in positions of power in your business, give them jobs that they can just do on their own that you don't need to micromanage so much anymore. And eventually your work week will dwindle down to the point where you can spend more time on the beach or on the mountain or in the ocean um, and less time doing all the things that you have to do in order to keep your business afloat. Another book that I really loved was called Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel talks about the difference between a visionary and an implementer, no, integrator. So um, Walt Disney had a guy, I forget who it was, I think it might have been his brother or somebody else, but a guy who was totally behind the scenes, who didn't take any credit, didn't put his name on the business, but Walt Disney was a visionary. He came up with these ideas, he came up with these um, visions for the future and his integrator was the one going and implementing them and making it work and making the business function. So I don't necessarily use my virtual assistant as an integrator. I use them more as an implementer where I have an idea and I have a system in place and they go and follow through on the things that I'd rather not put my attention on right now. Um, another book that I recommend is called Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker. And this one really lays out all the different ways that you could use a virtual assistant and also ways to start growing that as a team, having somebody manage your whole team as like the assistant manager or whatever it is, and all the different sort of realms of expertise that virtual uh, assistant work could be in. So marketing or um, graphic design or video production or content writing, like there could be all these different people doing different jobs. I think one of the things that people hit uh, wall with when they start hiring a team to support them is that they think one person should be able to do all of those things. And the truth is most people you come across who are available for hire to support you in your business aren't gonna be really great at the technology and systemization stuff as they are maybe gonna be at the copywriting or creativity part of it. So knowing that one person might not be able to fill all of your needs or all of your needs at once is something to be aware of when you're looking at hiring someone for your team. 
Um, so those are some other resources. Those are books that I read or listened to while I was driving across the country that really helped me get into the mindset. And meanwhile, before and after reading all of those books, I was hiring people right and left trying to figure out who could do this work for me. Um, I knew I wanted somebody who resonated with my mission. So I knew I wanted somebody who would be willing to start out with not that many hours, not that huge of pay and grow with me as my ability to pay them more and as the jobs I could give them got greater over time. So I wanted somebody who is in alignment with the Wild Hearts Rise Up mission and movement, which is really about um, heart-centered people. So people who are uh, less on the corporate end of the spectrum and more on the woo-woo end of the spectrum. So somebody who could get down with that and get in the energy of that and be comfortable there. Um, somebody who could also help me manage all my output. So like I said, I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, I have many social media platforms that I show up on. I have a blog, I have a newsletter, I call it a tip sequence, it's also called a nurture sequence, but a way that people receive content from me on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And I'm also creating programs and courses and quizzes and creating content for my clients on a regular basis as well. So I have a lot of plates in the air at a time, I also just finished working on my Oracle deck. I'm also finishing one book and writing another book um, and then also marketing those books to agents and publishers. So there's a lot of projects going on and I need somebody who could help me manage the output, help me make sure that I'm not going to miss a week on my podcast, remind me that I was going to make that, help me do the research that I need done as far as um, what I want to create next on YouTube or what blog posts would be great to share with the world or who do I want to interview next on my podcast, sort of helping me keep all that stuff organized and making sure that I'm not um, dropping the ball on any of those projects. I also wanted to have someone, like I said, that was paying attention to my business, not just someone who took a task and completed it, but who is going to spend time actually thinking about what I'm working on with me and have input and ideas as we went along. So what I sat down and did um, after having a number of virtual assistants that some worked and some didn't, some were uh, not the best English speakers, so it wasn't quite working out, or some I wanted to pay as much as they um, asked for, but I couldn't quite keep that going forever. Um, what I wanted to do this time was sit down and actually create a manifesto, sort of a culture outline for Wild Hearts Rise Up about what was important to me what kind of standards did, did I want to uphold as the culture of my business and the culture of this movement and make sure that somebody read that outline, that manifesto and resonated with it before they even looked at the tasks. Because in my opinion, anybody who's willing to do the work, I know enough about my systems that I could teach them how to do what I need done. I could walk them through the steps. I could make sure they know how to use the software. I can take anybody who wants to do the VA job and teach them what I need them to do. But what I can't teach is that alignment. I can't teach the vibe. So if they weren't in alignment with the frequency that I'm trying to operate on, then they're not a good fit. They're not a good fit for my business. So what I did is I went on upwork.com and I posted that culture outline and I wrote a like long extensive list of all the jobs that I would end up delegating once this person was hired. So I needed somebody who had, you know, rudimentary skills with video editing, audio editing, um, ideally some comfort level with autoresponders. I use ActiveCampaign for my email platform. 
Um, they didn't have to know how to use Kajabi, but I wanted them to at least let me know that they were tech savvy and comfortable with clicking around on the internet. Um, and I also wanted to work with somebody who is an uh, English speaker uh, fluently, not necessarily as a first language, but somebody who is fluent in English. And I know some people have strong opinions about hiring outside of this country. I'm someone who has been to 32 countries and counting. Um, I consider myself more of a global citizen than a nationalist. So uh, I'm really happy to support someone who's living in another country and another culture and make sure that I'm paying them a fair wage and let them decide what that fair wage is. Something else that I put in this uh, sort of list, it was a list of tasks, a list of different jobs I was gonna hand off to them that I wanted to see if they were interested in or comfortable with or knew how to do at least some of them. Um, I also put in there that I wanted this person to grow with me. So we would start out at whatever rate was their normal rate and start out at just 10 hours a week because I wanted to start small and not have to manage a full-time virtual assistant after going from doing everything myself. I didn't think I could hand off 40 hours a week to someone. Um, I just didn't know that I had an, enough capacity to train that many different tasks and keep them occupied. Um, but I also wanted to let them know that if they stuck around, if they like did a good job and we got along well, and they stayed strong with what they were working on, that they could make A, more money, and B, the hours would expand to more over time. So their ability to make uh, more livable income and work with less clients and more time with me would expand over time um, because I wanted that retention. I would rather have one person be awesome and pay them more than have to retrain somebody and get back from square one again. Um, so I sat down and created that manifesto. I put the key principles of the workplace that I desired to uphold, the space I wanted to create, um, especially specific on the vibe of my business and how I desired for us to take care of ourselves and each other so that we could best serve my audience. Um, I then compiled lists from a million different places. So I'm a software geek and a list maker. And so I had lists on Trello. I had lists on... Um, Evernote, I had lists in the notes of my phone, another note platform, and I had lists on uh, Things, which is a software that I use to keep all my lists together, which they weren't at that time. Um, and I compiled all the things that I wanted to delegate, so things that I was tired of doing, um, not necessarily writing content, but publishing it. I was tired of putting the thing on the blog, linking the thing on social media, setting up all the posts to go out in my groups, during a group program or during the launch of a program. And so I just made the huge list of all of those things. And then I took those two things and I put them on Upwork and I let people start proposing, um, sending applications or proposals for that job. And on Upwork, it doesn't cost you anything to use Upwork. Um, you can also hire and pay people through that site so they can decide their rate and then you can do the test run of hiring them through Upwork. The problem with that, I mean, the good thing about that is you're covered. There's no way that they're going to rob you and not do the job. Upwork sort of holds the money and makes sure that they complete the task um, before releasing it. What I also did was had an interview. So after weeding through all of those applicants, I had a Zoom call with the one that I thought was the best fit. Um, he responded about the culture outline when he responded to my job posting. He mentioned all the things that he already knew how to do. 
Um, I always like to ask them what they love to do so that I make sure the things that they really care about and that they enjoy the process of are things that I would have them be doing because I want them to be satisfied and fulfilled with the job. Um, and then did the interview process. And on the interview, honestly, I just wanted to make sure that we got along well. I knew that anything I was going to hand off to him, he would either follow through or not. It was interesting also that he was a man because all the virtual assistants I hired in the past were women. And I had the idea that being a business who mostly serves women, that I should have a female assistant, but he was the best candidate for the job. And so I went through with the interview and was delighted that he wanted to work with me. He seemed excited. He seemed to totally get the vibe. Um, for those of you who don't already know, I live in a van and I travel the country full time, um, travel the world full time. I just got back from Europe a couple months ago. And he uh, also is a traveler, also has a vision of van life someday. So I knew that he got me to my core, the basis of being a nomad, wanting to run a business, live a remote lifestyle, and also um, share a message and get that across the world. So he totally fit the bill. Um, wasn't what I thought I was looking for, but totally made it work. And uh, he set his price for what I would pay him. And we made the agreement that in three months we would reassess. So we're right now actually with this virtual assistant coming to the end of that three months. This is funny because he's going to be listening to this while he chops it up for YouTube and for the podcast. Um, but yeah, we're talking about giving him a raise now because he's been around for three months and he's been doing an amazing job. So in addition to publishing the podcast, editing my video footage and putting it on YouTube for me, he's also been doing research projects. Um, right now we're making a database of agents that I'll be querying for my books. Um, he's also done research for speaking gigs that I would do in the future. Um, there's a list on my blog, wildheartsriseup.com slash blog that I also put together um, in case you want to see the kinds of jobs that I hand off. But just to name a few, um, setting up uh, social media posts, like I'll write the content and ch sometimes choose the images and then let them, let them know where to put things and when. Um, video posting on YouTube, title and tag optimization research for YouTube, um, querying agents for my book, researching speaking gigs, submitting guest blog posts on online publications. That hasn't happened yet, but we'll be working on that. Um, creating landing pages and doing some of the backend funnel building. I haven't handed that off s yet so far. Um, I will be at some point soon, even though I love building those little pieces at some point. Um, I'm just too busy to keep putting another funnel together myself. So I'm excited to train him to do that stuff. And um, there's a few things to keep in mind when you're having your VA take jobs over for you. What I require is a detailed time log. So I want to know if it took eight hours for them to do that research project. Is that something you really want eight hours spent on? So on your end, you want to be really super clear about how much time you want them to spend on something, not for them to just go buck wild and spend two whole days on it. Um, but also let them keep a record of how much time they're spending on stuff so that you know, maybe if the copywriting project took them a really long time, it would be quicker for you to give them the copy and have them just go and automate it or whatever the case may be. For whatever you're creating, 
is it more time effective for you to do it and have them do the next step of it? Or are they really efficient and fast and it's worth your time and money to have them do that for you? Um, I also have them invoice me weekly. Um, personally, I don't want to see a giant bill come at the end of the month. We have an agreed upon like amount of time, 10 hours a week that he's working. So I know by the end of the week, roughly how much I'm going to owe him and I can pay him that before the next week. Weekly works really well because it's, I don't know, it depends on you and your business and how you have money coming in. Perhaps monthly is going to be easier for you because you just get your salary or your um, payments all come due at the same time. It really depends on you and your business, but I find that billing on a weekly basis is more comfortable for me and helps me manage my uh, resources better. Also, like we said, creating that system of operations folder. So when I have a virtual assistant on my team, part of their job is if I give them a task and there isn't already an SOP in place, that they're creating that as they go, whether they're recording it on video or whether they're just writing down the steps as they click and do it. The beauty of the SOP folder and that it being yours in your drive folder or your Dropbox folder is if that person doesn't happen to work out, anything that they did for you is now part of your system of operations. Anybody who comes in to fill that job, if that person goes on maternity leave or that person just doesn't want to work anymore, that you can have everything they've done for you already set up step-by-step step for somebody to follow those steps in the future. Um, so even if you don't want to create the system of operations folder, you want to just walk them through it in person or walk them through it on Zoom or whatever, make sure that SOP folder is getting created and that that's part of their job as they go along and to edit it as well. Perhaps you've created the steps for them to follow and they notice, you know, you skipped a couple steps. They should be referencing that and updating that on a regular basis for you so that you're covered if you ever need to hire somebody else in the future. Or if that virtual assistant becomes the managerial position on your team and they can just hand it off to the person that now fills that role beneath them, however that works out. Um, I also use something called LastPass. LastPass is a free software. Um, it also comes with a Chrome plugin. So if you're using Google Chrome, it would just go on your little browser window bar. And LastPass allows you to save all of your passwords and you just have to remember the main password. So your main password to get into LastPass is going to give you access to everything else. I used to keep a PDF or a piece of paper on my desk when I wasn't as mobile that had all of my passwords as like a master key. You can do that if you want. The beauty of LastPass is I can go in and I can share access to my password for a certain program or software or website. And my assistant can go and access that website as me. And I can revoke that access at any time if they get fired or if they, you know, leave the position. And also they can access that without viewing your password. So instead of typing it into an email that could get hacked or into a Facebook message or wherever you might be sharing your passwords with people right now already, it's completely safe. It's under lock and key and even they can't view it, but they can still use it and access it. Um, so LastPass is an amazing software for having virtual assistants around the world and keeping your stuff safe at the same time. Also, regular communication. So something I did with this new assistant that I hadn't done in the past was use a program called Slack. You could also use WhatsApp, you could use Facebook Messenger, you could use text message, whatever works for you. I think having a daily open communication, here's something I just sent you, here's something, uh, I'm thinking about, hey, could you check on this for me? Just having those 
lines of communication as open as possible is going to make sure that things are a getting done b staying organized and c that you feel supported because the whole point of having a virtual assistant is not for you to have more stress trying to delegate something but for you to feel like things are done like i can't tell you how good it felt a few days ago to wake up and the book for my oracle deck which i had spent years working on was formatted into the right format i still had to tweak a couple things because i wanted it a little bit different but that was done and I got to just say thank you when I woke up and hours later he woke up in Bali and um, said you're welcome but the communication needs to be open that way you can uh, keep getting things off your to-do list and onto your delegated list um, another thing is uh, project management software in the past and actually with every single client I have working with me one-on-one, -on -one, I use something called Trello. Trello.com is also a free service and it allows you to sort of create boards where you're tracking, here's a project, you can attach files to it, you can set due dates, you can make checklists within the thing, you can add images, um, and then you can move the little cards around. So like on a client board, I'll have the things we're gonna work on, things we have to talk about next call, their homework, my homework, resources like how much time we've logged um, here's the link to our google drive things like that and then a completed list where everything gets put over onto that um, for my virtual assistant operations we created an asana platform uh, board i guess you could say asana and trello are pretty interchangeable i mostly use trello but we decided to use asana for this project mostly because i wanted to get to test it out i like softwares um, but it's just a great way for if I have a task that I need to write a bunch of description in I'm not gonna go put it in our slack conversation thread I'm gonna go put all of the details into the project in Asana attach any files I need link any links that I need assign the task to him so that he gets notified it's his job and I'll even set a due date so that it shows up on his little calendar um, and that allows us to like put things in time so say you need this podcast done by Tuesday, you put it into the soft, the system and they know that that's due on Tuesday. So it's a great way of keeping track of dates and keeping everything in one place um, so that it's set in time a little bit better. That way it doesn't get lost in the whole feed of a Slack channel or of WhatsApp or of Messenger too. It's a good way of keeping track of your projects, all the pieces of the project. Um, also file sharing. So I used to use Dropbox. Um, I mean, I still use Dropbox for almost everything, but for file sharing with a virtual assistant, if you end up having more than one, or if you're trying to share a file that's within another shared file, Dropbox can be kind of clunky. So I found Drive, Google Drive to be much easier for sharing files, especially big files or a lot of files. And they simply get access to it, right? So you can always revoke access if that person is no longer your person. Um, and then another thing is they can upload and download from it too. So that's not what I was gonna say, but that's basically what I said. It just keeps file sharing easy. Um, it allows you to both access the stuff, both mess with the stuff and edit it and then keep everything in one place. So if you're sending the raw file for your podcast, and they're editing that file into the finished product. If that for some reason is not working and didn't upload properly, you wanna be able to take that finished file and go upload it yourself. So if they were to just keep things in their Dropbox and you keep things in your Dropbox, it'll get messy. Make sure that you both have access to everything and that 
when they complete something, they're putting it into the finished folder so that you can have it later. Um, and again, anything you do or set up in there organization-wise, make an SOP about it so that you know how to do it again in the future or so that somebody else can come in and understand where everything is. And the last thing I'll mention about that must-haves kind of thing with virtual assistants is a non-disclosure agreement. So especially in a business like mine, there's a lot of content happening, a lot of creativity happening. You want to make sure that your intellectual property is covered. You can go just Google like blank non-disclosure agreement. That's all I did. And edit it to have the right names or whatever. But make sure that legally your intellectual property is covered by them simply signing an NDA. Um, and more so than anything, more than like the legal thing that could happen in a worst case scenario, that is basically just to get you guys both on the same page of recognizing this is a business agreement. This is a confidential um, relationship and it needs to be held in confidence and treated as such. So make sure that you cover your butt a little bit on that. And yeah, my hope is that anybody who is looking to get support or anybody who's feeling overwhelmed by their business, whether you know how to do all the things and there's just too much of them, or whether you just aren't very good at some of the jobs of your business, get support. It doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. Um, a lot of the people on Upwork are willing to start at $10, $15 an hour and go up from there as it gets more skilled and technical. Um, it's great to give someone a raise, so be willing to start out at their rate, and if they're awesome and you want to keep them, then pay them more. If it doesn't feel like the $6 an hour they want to charge you is enough, pay them more. That's okay. And it's also okay to start out and then grow from there. Um, more freedom, more clients, more income, more time spent doing what you love. Whatever it is that gets you onto the boat of having assistance, and even if it's just a house cleaner in your house that allows you to spend more time working on your business, um, do whatever the heck it takes to, to go there, in my opinion. I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. Like I said, there's a blog post on my blog about hiring an assistant. And uh, yeah, let me know if you have any more questions about it. I tried to cover everything I thought was important. But yeah, thanks for watching. Don't forget to click subscribe or like or give me a comment if you enjoyed this video. I hope it was helpful. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical Magic.